Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 21 of Casual Watch Talk. Can you believe it's been 21 episodes, Chris? I'm amazed, and I'm so glad for all the uh, positive feedback we've been getting over on the Facebook group. So big shout out to everyone on the Facebook group. We normally start the show off with a wristwatch check. This might be the last wristwatch check that we're doing. Chris, we've been having a discussion about this. What do you think about the wristwatch check? Yeah, we had a little discussion. And, you know, uh, s- some folks on the uh, on the Facebook group actually sort of pointed this out. Like, uh, you know, it's totally fine to have a, just a reasonable, regular collection. And I think that, um, you know, people know what you wear. People know what I have. And sort of to hear that every time, we don't want to bore you with that stuff. So it's like, uh, I want to kind of change it to if if something changes, like if you, you have a big pickup or like you're excited about something, you know, like, let's talk about that. But, you know, we don't need to, <laughs> we don't need to go in every single time with, with the same stuff. So I don't want to, I don't want to bore our audience, but at the same time, I don't, I want to drop some of that pretentiousness. I want to drop some of that, you know, oh, this is my fancy X, Y, Z that you don't have, you know, that's, that's not us. Yeah. I, I agree with you. Cause I think for, for all 21 episodes, or at least the ones that I've done with you, Chris, which is I think 17 now is it's been a combination of either the ultimate turtle that we made or a citizen a titanium <laughs> watch which I've been really loving whilst we've been in quarantine. So we, we won't, should we do, should we do a last one, a last hurrah to the wish watch check? All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Go I will, on, uh, you, I'll you start. For it. Thanks. So yes, the last hurrah, uh, as typical, I'm, I'm wearing my everyday Bell and Ross GMT, the V2, uh, 93 GMT. Fancy, fantastic watch, not fancy, but fa- fantastic watch. It's my everyday watch. I have it on my wrist most times. And uh, yeah, like if, for those of you who follow my Instagram, Everyday Mastery, uh, you'll see my small collection of, I, I have two other Bell & Ross chronographs uh, from, from early times when Zinn made them. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just, you know, this is casual. I'm a reasonable watch collector, reasonable watch nerd. I've got a couple other things. I've got some Seiko mod stuff. I've got some other stuff, but nothing more than that and no need to... Uh, no need to dwell on it. Fair enough. I, I've been wearing my little Citizen. Uh, yeah, it's a Citizen Quartz, Citizen Land, JDM version. It's interesting what you were saying about my collection is also modest. I've only really got the Tudor Black Bay 58 that you would class as luxury. And I was watching the guy who set up, there's a forum called Horology Talk. And the guy who set that up, who uses the handle Bear Clooney, he was talking about how he obsessed about particular models of Rolexes he was looking at, and he ended up collecting over 40 watches, and he almost did a YouTube video as to say that he, looking back on it, he thinks that's too many. Like, he thinks himself <laughs> that he lusted after it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like that. When my collection gets of a certain size, and you'll notice this on my YouTube video, I do try and trim it back i don't know i worry that i get like obsessive about collecting certain things so right. i have to kind of shift my gear and that's the good thing with watches isn't it that there's so much choice out of there that's the good and bad thing about it i think yeah, listen we love them we enjoy having them on our wrist we enjoy talking about them we enjoy collecting them but there's a healthy balance there 
And I, yeah, I think we're both of, of the mind where once you get, you know, once you get a number of them, once you get going on that, like 40, I could not even imagine. I I don't, I don't want to be that person. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, uh, please stop me, uh, if I get, uh, nine more of these. And then also, uh, just like I've said before in, in the podcast, I will stop Sam from building his, uh, special swatch, uh, display room. <laughs> so totally healthy. I think, uh, I think it's going to be a new thing. We're definitely going to talk about our watch obsessions because, you know, we're, we're watch nerds, watch geeks, and we, you know, we, we get onto these things and we've had plenty of time to put stuff in our carts over the last couple of weeks and obsess about it. Uh, so, Sam, why don't you tell us what you're obsessed about? Yes, I will do. And this is not to say if you're one of those watch collectors that loves to amass uh, a, a number of watches, especially if you've got like a collecting theme and you're and, and that's what makes you happy, then go for it by all means. Exactly. Uh, this is, yeah, just my my personal view that I worry. I feel I think it's because I feel like that the watches have like a little bit of personality and I'm sort of like leaving them out if I don't wear them. Maybe that's <laughs> right. it. Maybe it's a, right. I mean, that is. It would sound weird enough for me, that kind of thing, where I'm like, oh, I hope the turtle's not, like, really jealous that I'm taking the, uh, the old citizen <laughs> out. Yes, anthropomorphize everything, right, when you open the watch box. And you you have to, yeah, you acknowledge that. That's a good thing with watches and watch collectors. We've all got things that we really like. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose my watch obsession this week, I think I might have to do, like, a, a two-for-one here. I've been obsessing and i added to the cart that yemma superman the new quartz one i just really like the look of it we've been having a really interesting discussion over on the facebook group if you're not joined yet please come on over to casual watch talk uh request a membership and either chris or i will approve you in fact we also have another admin chris there's been two well one interesting discussion about a watch company that and up until last week i'd never heard of Olek and vice i don't know if you did heard you mm-hmm. heard of them before last week chris i've seen them i didn't know much about them but i've seen them yeah steve steven who did one of these early podcasts with me he has an Olek and vice navi timer and I didn't realize the history of the Navitimer. I knew that they licensed it to Zinn. So Zinn made Navitimers at one right. time. That's correct. Yeah, Breitling kind of went through a, a liquidation or something. So Olek and Vice bought the old parts for the Navitimer. It's a fascinating story. Head on over to the Facebook group if you want to find out more. So, in fact, there's three watches, the Breitling Navitimer. Well, in fact, I guess four, the original Breitling Navitimer, the Olek and Vice mm-hmm. Navitimer. The Zinn uh, Navitimer, which they didn't call the Navitimer, and then now the new Breitling mm-hmm. Navitimer. It's a fascinating history about one single watch design. Instead of somebody else copying it, they were actually in their minds making mm-hmm. the watch. It wasn't a copy of it. They're like, no, we make the Navitimer now. We have the parts or we, you know, we bought the license. Bought the license, yeah. Yeah, it was a license deal for sure for, for Zinn. And and to this, like, they still they still own that license. I mean, I'm sure, sure they still... There's some partnership there. Um, you, if you're not, you know, if you want to switch brands and you're looking for a Navitimer, like Zen, Zen makes them just as, you know, just as they have. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And I, I saw some of them, the Olek and Vice ones on eBay for, I guess, two and a half, two and a half grand US, which is mm-hmm. at, at half the price of the Breitling one. Right. Yeah. Uh, and in a new Breitling one. 
Uh, so that's, uh, but anyway, that wasn't my washer protection, the Alkenweiss Nefertimer. I actually went on their website and they have another pilot's version, which has very distinctive hands. Uh, so definitely uh, check that one out. But Chris, what has, have you had a watch obsession this week? Um, yeah, same sort of connection to the Facebook group. Uh, we were talking about uh, vintage reissues or reissue, reissued chronographs, um, 60s, 70s chronograph. And I stumbled upon this Tiso Heritage. Uh, Tiso Heritage 1973, uh, panda dial, so white dial, black in, inner uh, sub-dials, uh, Valju 7750, and our, uh, our often commented uh, watch price check site uh, Joma shop, uh, who we're not, uh, don't get any sponsorship from them, and certainly just, you know, just our, uh, have, have patronized them, but, but certainly... Uh, um, we use them to sort of gauge how much something's going for. They have it on sale for uh, $1,300. And that is a great price for that, for that movement. And I was super tempted, but it was in the cart. But no, there's no, <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't, uh, wasn't going to do $1,300 uh, yet. So, but fascinating, cool Tiso. Uh, it's, it's, it's a reissue which I, I think is great. And it's sort of true to size. Um, and it's got a great movement in it and super, super sharp looking watch, super great looking deal. I might catch some flack here, but I think Tissot have done a better job of reimagining their original mechanical watches than Timex, dare I say it. Because I think Mm. Tiso have obviously, like the Vizio date, they put an incredible amount of thought into that and produced an unbelievable looking watch really i mean it's a stunner and they haven't Mm -hmm. then gone all out like timex kind of re-released the marlin and then they've kind of Mm -hmm. gone like all out like oh you can get it in every color now right yeah whereas tiso seemed to have taken a step back and yeah i think i think tiso and um i think they do it even better than than maybe i think they do it better than breitling and i for for reissue uh, stuff for vintage reissue stuff. Who else does a really good job? Uh, Longines does a really good job of their reissues, sort of keeping them true. A lot of the a lot of the ones that they've had in the last uh, in the last couple of years, um, you know, and and I think that's what we want. I mean, for me, like you know, I would love to have a '60s diver, but. It's, you know, I'd be petrified, you know, like an Omega, you know, 360s diver, but I petrified to like even bring it to the beach because if it hadn't been serviced or you spend all the money on servicing. Blah, blah, blah. So if I was going to go for that, I would so I would I just it would make me so much, you know, give me so much more confidence to buy a brand new one that looked like that 1960s, 70s style that's got all the silicone seals in it and it's going to be no problem jumping into a pool and that sort of, that sort of take. So it's very, it's very cool that companies are doing it. And I, I think you're right. I think, I think Tissot's doing it better than, than a lot of other companies. Interesting that you mentioned Longines there because I saw a picture of the Longines Legend Diver and I looked at it and I thought, oh, this must be a limited edition because they've well overdone the old radium look of that. And it wasn't, it was the original one. It was a picture of the original one. I'm like, wow, that, <laughs> that's almost a fateful reproduction that they've done. The new Legend Diver versus the old one. Incredible yeah. job I, that they've done on that one. And I think, 
I may be wrong, but I think they have different loom options too. I think they have it like in white, but I, I think of the vintage loom, I think it's well done. I don't think it's too dark, but uh, yeah, Legend Diver, very cool watch. Okay, guys, well, let's kick off with a few news stories and then we're going to have a little bit of a discussion later on. Obviously, Chris and I have both been in our stay-at-home order, so we've been watching, not together, we've been watching a lot of TV with our respective wives. Uh, We've been watching a lot of TVs and movies and doing a lot of watch spotting. So let's dive into the news. I'm going to ask you what you think of these stories, Chris. So what do we think? R.I.P. Baselworld, they've... 2021 has now been cancelled. Baselworld, long live Baselworld. Baselworld is gone. Yeah, we sort of saw that. We sort of saw that coming. Um, anyway, before all of this, um, it was it was on its on its last legs. So that's not a shock to either of us. No, I think the last time we looked at this story, they'd they'd can they'd postponed the 2021 and not given people their deposits back because they're like, well, it's only a postponement till 2021. And then obviously now with the cancellation of 2020. And now the cancellation of 2021, they've had to give back those. But yeah, I think, uh, unfortunately, that's the end of Baselworld as we know it. Then next, have you seen this new Braemon, the BM2 watch? I'll preface this story by saying, I re- and I mentioned this last week, how much I really want to like Braemon. They're a British brand, British heritage, using Swiss movements, but... There's a number of marketing missteps they've made, I think. And also, honestly, I struggle to equate the watches that they make with the prices that they charge for them. What I wanted to talk to you about this BM2 watch, they've made, I guess it's a hybrid between a mechanical watchmaker, a high-end luxury watchmaker, and something like Undone, where you can pick various components. So a Bremont watch typically has a three-layer case where it has the lug part, and then there's a center section, which is usually brightly colored, whether it be orange or red, and then the top part of the case. So in this BM2 watch, you can pick the dial color, pick what the center ring looks like, you can pick the strap, you can pick whether it has PVD coating on it. I like the idea, Chris, but they're, f- they're over $5,000. Like, what do you think about that? They're using an ETA 2836 uh, or something. A three-hand. This is just a three-hand Bremont with a... Um, yeah. It's got an inner inner chapter, rotating chapter. Yes. That's a lot of dough for for a customized watch. I mean, Bremont was already on the sort of the high end of that. They, they seem like their prices are a little... Yeah, they're definitely on the high end for what you're getting. Um, I, I think they're taking, maybe stretching it a little too much with their, with their connection with the military and things like that here. It's my take on that. Yeah. And a couple of the things, certainly of memory, the, the marketing things a long time ago, they got in trouble because they said they were in-house movements when in fact they weren't, they were refinishing ETA movements and they kind Mm -hmm. of had to backpedal that. The one that I think is most bizarre is they had Ronnie Wood, very famous being a member of the Rolling Stones, obviously an excellent guitarist, but he's also a somewhat of a, a an artist. And it's amazing how many famous people are artists. I, it always amazes me that like, Sylvester Stallone is quite an accomplished artist. Hmm. But um, I mean, pe- a painting artist. So they had right. Ronnie Wood basically paint, and we've discussed this on the podcast before, they had him paint some dials for watches. Yeah. 
they're knocking these they're knocking these watches out for fifty thousand dollars limited yeah. edition and bless ronnie wood for being an amazing you know musician but it looks almost like it's done with a sharpie i don't think it is but You'll have to check those out and see whether you've got a similar view to me on, on these. Now, on the configuration, it's funny you mentioned it. I was just looking at um, uh, Al- Alpina, and it reminded me they have their new Al- Alpiner, which is a sing-songy alliteration, Alpiner, Alpiner. Uh, they have their Alpiner X. It's an anti-digi. kind of looks like uh, some of the Breitling um, Emergency, Breitling Pro, Breitling Professional. Um, and they kind of did the same thing. Uh, it's not a configurator, as that I can see, but it's got, you know, if you want the blue one, you can get the orange hands, you can get the black one with the yellow, you can get, there's like 15 different versions of it. So if you're, you know, particular about the chapter ring color and the, you know, you can get an all black one, et cetera. So uh, also those are, those are going for uh, under a thousand. So if you want that, if you want that, customized style customized color style for i think a little bit a little bit more affordable than than what uh Bremont has to offer but uh i don't i don't know if mechanical i think it's i think it's uh quartz i see a lot more from micro brands and when we were talking to the guys over at Vayer, um you know they they admitted that they want to you know have these dial options and and different things because it's it's somewhat easy for them to reconfigure so I think it's it's good that microbrands are sort of driving that custom customize you know different dials and and make that make that easy for folks to get exactly what they want, which is great. Um, harder for large brands to do it. Definitely a price premium over on Bremont. You've just reminded me of another brand which I don't think I've ever talked about on the channel, or whatever. But have you seen this um, brand? They're a bit like Undone. They're called WMT watches. But they specialize in, it sort of looks a bit like a Rolex Submariner, but essentially you can buy the watch and they will pre-distress it for you. So you should <laughs> check that out if you want to. They've also done one that's so distressed that it doesn't come with a bezel. It's as if the bezel's been like chipped off. Just knocked off. <laughs> yeah, because this is going to lead to our, uh, our conversation later. But one of the other famous Apocalypse Now watches was the one that Marlon Brando wore, the, the GMT watch that famously didn't have the bezel attached I to it. The bezel knocked off of it, yeah. So last story here, this comes from the Facebook group and a big shout to Chris, who's one of the, another Chris, who's the one of our admins, but also our military expert. He pointed out the fact that Marathon are re-releasing the, the Navigator in steel. So this, they currently make this one in a in like a polymer, like a plastic polymer. Um, but there was a very famous one that was called, uh, a, a brand that Marathon had called And Andnac, which was basically Canada backwards because Marathon's a Canadian company. And they were used by the CIA. So I always knew this is like the CIA watch. Oh, right. I love the look of it. I'm glad they've reissued it. Um, I'm sure it just had the marathon marathon on it. Chris was posting on the Facebook group. He'd seen it on the Instagram. Yeah, and it seems like uh, it's going to be a 2021 release, and uh, it's got the it's got. I mean, I of the 12 hour bezels, I, I, that's so sharp. I love the photography, the iconography, etc. Of that, like that, 
that's a very uh recognizable watch it's you know it it looks it has that like souped up military field watch work it's good it that definitely is one of those ones that may end up in a cart and may come home i i'm totally with you i really like the look of this uh, this watch i hope they do keep the and and knack on there because I, th- I think very famous uh, i think in the 70s and 80s kind of for uh cia being the cia watch before we dive into the main topic here let's just pause for a very quick ad break hi guys welcome back to casual watch talk Chris and I have been watching a lot of TV whilst we've been in quarantine and we were just having a chat the other day about all the different watches that we've seen on in films and in movies and we thought well we might as well add this to the podcast cuz I went down an interesting rabbit hole with with Seikos that have been in films but I know certainly you, I guess what other brands do you think you see Chris I I see a lot of like hamilton yeah hamilton oh yeah hamilton is kind of known for their hollywood connections they try to get a bunch of stuff i mean they they're actively i think that's part of their marketing is actively trying to get into you know into hollywood for sure jlc iwc definitely always the occasional cartier yes jlc is one of the uh they say this about actors that it's hard for them to go from dc to marvel but jlc managed to go from dc to marvel because there was a reverso of course in batman begins and then mm-hmm. you had very famous benedict cumberbatch with his jlc in doctor uh, doctor strange and that was an integral part of that uh, the plot line there and it even got smashed it even took even took one for the the team <laughs> there um i know certainly uh, to your point about hamilton I know the new Jack Ryan series that's on Amazon. He has a Hamilton in it. Obviously, the the Interstellar watch, which uh, you were joking, is almost like a, a Hamilton advert. Yeah, it is, and it's also. And if you haven't seen Interstellar, it like one of the main characters is a watch. <laughs> like it is a character in the show, in the movie. And it's amazing, isn't it, that they Hamilton made a custom watch for that for they. And interesting, they they came right out immediately after they had the. Um, the the watch that McConaughey wore, um, and then everyone was pressuring him to make that Merv watch, and it was uh, it was funny because they they made it screen accurate, and so there's a whole bunch of folks that like totally appreciate the fact that like this is exactly the one that you see on the screen kind of thing, and then there are a whole bunch of people who are like, oh, but it's 42 millimeters, it's too big, and you're like, oh. <laughs> like we made exactly what you wanted. It's funny, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a back and forth there, but uh, very cool that they at least, you know, that uh, that they they were open to that, that they made it. I mean, that it's a uh, sort of part of that movie. Cool. Yeah, I agree. And I, the reason I think they made it so big for the film was that, in fact, they used parts from different Hamilton watches, but it was it was mechanized so that the hands would spin at a very fast rate. Mm-hmm. So they could control it. Yeah. Yeah, for the part of this, for that part of that story. And of course, there was the Hamilton, the completely, is it called the Black Ice or something? There's a completely PVD one that was used in The Martian as well. And then very famously, there was Hamilton's in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Um, Men in Black had the the sort of the Elvis-like Hamilton. The Elvis style, a re, a, sort of a reissue of that. Yeah, no, lots. Now, Sam, uh, my 
I don't know if you do this, but my wife now is, uh, I guess she sort of expects it when I see, when we're watching anything now, when I see two and a half frames of a watch, of a wrist watch or something on a main character, and I will pause it and then stand up and, and to go look at the, uh, you know, go look <laughs> at the screen in high definition. Yeah, my wife now is like, all right, gonna gonna pause to look at the watch kind of thing. So she's used to it now. I don't know if you do that or how many of our listeners do that, but I I, I don't do that. But I joke about how ever since I found out about that movie database, I don't think I've ever watched a film unless it's been in a cinema. I don't think I've ever watched a film at home where I haven't gone on IMDb to check out the actors. And there is a similar mm-hmm. IMDb for watches um, or a lot of forums. So if you're ever wondering, like, I mean, I've been watching a new TV series that I love uh, called Westworld. And very famously, one of the main characters in that has a planet ocean. Um, and then in the third series, there is a watch that, in fact, there's a watch that's an integral to the storyline, but it's not like a real watch. It's artificial intelligence that the guy wears on his wrist. But it's fascinating that, even when it's set 100 years in the future, people are still using, I guess you would class it as a smartwatch. But, um, yeah, well, you know, that's good. They're still wearing wrist- wristwatches in the future. So that's future, good. Um, I, um, you know, you, you, you were talking about uh, Jack Ryan. Something similar that, that, we've, uh, that I've been gone back to watch. Uh, do you remember the show Burn Notice? Came out like in the early, not now, well, like eh, 20, 2007, maybe, something like that. I do remember it because I'm a big fan of Bruce Campbell, but I didn't. I don't think I really watched it. Uh, yeah, Bruce Campbell's in it, um, and it's it's surprising. I just we it's one of those shows that we just like to have on in the background, kind of thing. And uh, it's you know it's fun. It's got you know it's spy antics, right? And I never realized how many. So the main character, Michael Weston, uh, he he's got a watch that he's he's wearing this special forces watch that's a it's like a chase doer I, I i don't know if i i heard that the brand was sort of defunct now but it's this you know super iconic it's got this giant bezel and it's got this yellow and red uh i think it's small seconds on it or at least the chronograph uh timer on it super super recognizable oh that yeah that's interesting obviously we've talked about hamilton which you see in loads of films obviously rolex you see in like just loads of films uh, john wick of course had that carl i used to say carl bashir bashir but mm-hmm. Bichir, I actually, yeah i actually went into um to know the watch reseller over here is it to, to know and they said oh no it's carl butcher or butcher or something and they actually yeah Hmm. but no he said that that family actually own a stake in uh to know the watch company i've heard that yeah i've heard that yeah the reseller um similar to richemont and um watch pro i guess Mm -hmm. yeah you obviously see a lot of rolex in films we've talked about hamilton but i was amazed and i went down a bit of a rabbit hole when i knew we were going to be looking at this segment about how many films seiko is in I mean, it's amazing, really, if you think about it, especially going back, well, right right through the 70s and 80s. It was a real heyday for Seikos in film. Of course, most notably in Aliens, the very famous mm-hmm. watch that they had in uh, Aliens. In fact, there was a couple of different Seikos in the Aliens franchise of films. 
the very famous Apocalypse Now watch, the 6105, which was worn by Martin Sheen's character. And they are re-releasing that watch, although they're not calling it the Apocalypse Now watch, are they? They're kind of re-releasing it in the black version and also a green version. One of the ones that I saw on the list that I didn't catch was uh, The Abyss. That it's great submarine movie, great, you know, deep, deep sea diving um and ed harris has a 6309 which is the i believe the predecessor to the turtle so on on wrist on scene pretty cool yeah i remember that and of course ed harris is in westworld as well which is pretty cool and do you think it's fair that when you look at these you see like top watches in films they always have apollo 11 in this speedmaster but they haven't picked that for the film i mean that was that's historically they're just following what was the historically accurate yeah yeah and and speaking of and speaking of ed harris um i think you know you see a lot of the uh like the omega uh dress watches in in that as well so i'm not sure what ed harris was wearing as his character in in apollo 13 but arnold schwarzenegger's very famous in predator the h558 which seiko re-released so this is the annie digi i I thought it was also in Commando, but I couldn't find a reference to it, so I'm sure somebody can correct me on that. I feel like he wore it in more than one because it was his personal, and I think he, I think he wore it in more than one uh, film. But yeah, yeah, and you'll never see a cooler wrist shot than uh, when he's when he's holding that machine gun with the. And if it is in Commando, then there's that scene, isn't there, where he holds up the rocket launcher? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> uh, that was a cool scene, and I didn't. Did you know? Uh, this is the one of the rabbit holes that went down. That that watch wasn't first worn by Arnold Schwarzenegger in a film. Roger Moore wore it in. Um, let me look at the film here. So Roger Moore wore it in A View to a Kill. Okay. James it was Bond. One of his, yeah, James Bond. Uh, so it was it was a Bond watch before it was uh, a wow. Predator Arnold Schwarzenegger watch. And in fact, they had a good run, Seiko, with James Bond films. Of course, in octopussy they had the famous uh the tv watch which really did play tv but you needed like a ginormous uh kind of separate receiver like and if you've not seen pack. that seiko yeah exactly <laughs> but in that film obviously you had like full color television on it which uh wasn't it uh, wasn't accurate and then there was also another seiko in that film which was a seiko 0757 now I remembered that I couldn't think of the scene, but as soon as I saw a picture of it, I remembered it. If you remember in one of the scenes, he gets a sort of a fax on his watch and it's on a tiny little right. strip of paper that he pulls out. So that was a very famous Seiko in there. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Watch does not um, actually fax. I know. Imagine in the, in the, how many how much battery life that would take. I mean, we joke about smartwatches now, but sending a fax to a watch. Whew. I know. Little little uh, little coin 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 cell battery. <laughs> yeah, well, I had one of those in my um when I had that pager watch that I had a Swatch pager watch, which I did actually use back in the day when it was a pager. Some ninety street cred right there. And then Seiko also. I this was another surprise to me in. For your eyes only, another Roger Moore. I can't remember seeing this watch, but I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch it. Apparently. The Golden Tuna was in it. The Seiko Golden Tuna, the original one. Oh. The Quartz one. Wow. Yeah, I was pretty amazed by that. I'm going to have to go back and watch that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I want to watch Westworld. 
Uh, I want to watch. I went back and I rewatched Apollo 13. Uh, that's a fun. That's a great movie, by the way. It holds up. Great film. <laughs> and it and it's. I know more about the space, and it's super. It's pretty. You know, it's really accurate. So it's good. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many times you watch that, you still get anxious towards the end, don't you? About are they going to make it back, even though you know that they are. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, add. So interesting. Adding uh, a bunch of uh, of stuff to watch in isolation based on based on watch spotting so i hope we've uh, added to uh, some of our listeners lists yeah absolutely and i guess i've got a few more as well to add to the list if anybody i'm not a huge fan of the seiko skx 009 i've made no bones about it in the past but it does feature in a film very famously robert redford wore the skx 009 and that features in quite a few scenes in fact when i've done when i did my review of the 009 i spliced in some of the footage there's a lot of keen watch enthusiasts that have managed to capture on youtube so definitely check that out and he had it on a nato right very famous you're right he very famously had it on a blue nato which if you've ever put an skx 009 on a blue nato of that color it looks awesome it does it's good sharp and then the last one that i had was i mean there's so many isn't there so many iconic watches Mm -hmm. are also in james bond they had the the watch i didn't realize it was in james bond i always knew this as did you ever play the video games metal gear solid uh, a little bit. So there's a famous uh, watch in Metal Gear Solid. It's the Seiko G757 50200 Sport. Mm-hmm. And they made a, a Metal Gear Solid limited edition watch. Metal Gear Solid, if anybody's played it, it, it played it, is set in the 80s. Or some of it is set in the 80s. So he has this watch, which is very 80s. But this also appeared in Octopussy as well, this watch. Very distinctive, um, the way it looks looking at the uh, looking at the range that seiko range from that era um yeah i think it's like they wanted to be in all the uh super futuristic movies i mean that that lcd for that is super iconic it's got this like square that's sort of off-centered and yeah it it definitely uh whatever seiko did they nailed the watches from the future in the 1980s and 90s it was amazing wasn't it and this is the good thing i suppose and i've just checked i got one of the earlier watches wrong the watch that sold the sent the fax was the seiko 0674 lc so I'll, I'll stand corrected there but yeah and this is the good thing as well if you really like those films from the 80s unlike now if you if you saw a film a watch in a film now it's likely that it's going to be quite expensive isn't it mm-hmm. or or yeah or built for the film uh, aka hamilton as we talked about exactly like there's but if you're a you're a bond fan then definitely try and track down one of these older seikos you know it's not like you're gonna have to buy an omega seamaster or whatever you could certainly build a collection of these iconic uh watches mm-hmm. i'm sure there's a lot that we've missed there chris what do you think we've probably missed hundreds of probably people shouting yeah. in their cars in yeah. this podcast what yeah. about but, that famous watch <laughs> yeah for sure but it was just uh you know i think it was a good sort of like what we were what we were thinking about and and coming up with and and re-watching um maybe some of the ones that are not as known for um maybe we gave you guys some some ideas yeah exactly because there's so many like very common ones there's so many ones that are well known like obviously the the two-tone gold one that was in uh, rolex was in american psycho and then the sopranos mm-hmm. had a gold rolex and yeah and there are there are thousands of hours of youtube videos of all of the bond watches so if you're definitely definitely can go down that rabbit hole as well oh absolutely absolutely okay guys well 
thank you so much for joining us again please join us over on the facebook group we're having a lot of fun there's a lot of cool conversation on there we've got some uh regular posters so a big thanks to you know rob and and luke and lee and everyone that's been in chris who's been posting regularly keeping the conversation going we really appreciate it so thanks again for joining me chris thanks sam thank you for listening and we'll see you next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye